0: All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential plan on us. Mintmobile slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus
1: registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Welcome to the miracle of healing, where we come together every week to discuss and discover a roadmap to healing. I'm your host, Lisa Campion, and I hope you can join us since the world needs all the healing it can get. And we are healing the planet one person at a time, right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the miracle of healing. I'm Lisa Campion, I'm your host, and I'm so excited to help you understand today how your body is going to show you the way. In the world that we're living in right now, that's full of upheaval and rapid change, how can we enlist the intelligence of the body's subtle energies to help us heal? We can do this. And I'm super excited to have healer, conscious channel, medical intuitive author, Ellen Meredith, as our guest today. And she's going to, we're going to talk about energy, energy medicine, and the conversation that we have between the body, mind, and spirit that really helps us when we need healing work. I mean, a huge fan of Ellen's work. She's an incredible healer. And she's also the author of a book called The Language Your Body Speaks, which I've read multiple times. I love that. And she's been in practice since 1984 as an energy healer, conscious channel, and medical intuitive. She's helped over 10,000 clients and students worldwide. And as an energy medicine practitioner, she helps us learn how to engage with the body's own energies to activate healing. She teaches energy medicine courses on the SHIFT Network and has served on the uh, faculty of the energy medicine pioneer Donna Eden since 2010. So thanks so much for being with us today, Ellen.
2: Oh, thanks, Lisa. And thanks for that lovely introduction. <laughs> it's so fun to, to see you again. I'm excited to talk. to yeah, you.
1: Yeah, I know. Me too. And I just love the way you talk about energy medicine. It's so real. It's so grounded. It's so down to earth um, and somehow shows us the way not by avoiding the hard work, but by really kind of leaning into it and and like helping us remember that our bodies are so wise. Right, right.
2: Yeah. They are. And, you know, I came, I was kind of a fixer-upper because when I was a kid, I, I felt like I had on a stick. I was trained <laughs> in my brain and not much else. My family was very intellectually oriented and, you know, the body kind of went by the wayside. So yeah. I had to learn how to figure out what this thing was that I was traveling in, this, this, this body that that i started thinking was an envelope and then i started realizing it's it's not an envelope it it is an expression of my soul of my wiser self of of my whole mm. of my mind and of my being and so it's been an exciting process of of just having to learn from the inside out how this thing works and and that's kind of what i set out to do in my new book that your body will show you the way is how do you work this, this instrument that we all have, that each of us has, who's, who's in body at this time?
1: Yeah, I love that you said that you were like a a brain on a stick. (laughs) That's so funny. And I think it's something that we can all relate to, because so many of us are kind of disidentified with our body, or we're, we're like, like you said, it's like this thing we're lugging along with us, like, oh, you got to have one, I guess, on the planet, you know, but we, we don't, treat it very well. We don't see it often as a source of wisdom or healing. We're just kind of like, you know, thinking that it's going to be okay. And then we're all surprised when it's when we have ill health, because we haven't spent very much time talking about it, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, you know, I, and when I was younger, I used to, I remember lying in bed going, where's the user's manual? I don't (laughs) understand why this hurts. I don't understand why that's going wrong. And I was just bemoaning the fact that I didn't have a user's manual. And then something shifted. Well, I, I started training with my inner teachers that my inner teachers appeared to me maybe in my late teens. And as I say, I called myself a fixer upper and it's not to put myself down, but to say that I had to learn the basics from the inside out because yeah. it just wasn't there in my environment. And in a way that's a gift, right? Because I yeah. didn't have a lot of, well, I had a lot of negative training. We all do, right? Women learn to think they're too fat, and men too, and and to hate ourselves, and all these things that aren't true. So I had to um, build up an awareness of what's going on here.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think that's really great. And I um, let's talk about your inner teachers a little bit, um, your inner your counsel, and. You know, those so young to be aware of them. I was really also aware of them when I was really, really young, like a child, you know, uh-huh. around the same time, actually, in the, in the 80s and 70s and stuff. But what is that like for you, having had a lot of what you learned, you learned about energy medicine, you learned directly from them? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's wonderful because I've had to learn to trust my inner voices and my inner guidance and my inner experience. And, you know, I think of guidance a little differently from how a lot of people describe it. It's not just for me, a voice in my head. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times you read a channeled book and here's this voice telling you about the nature of reality and the nature of how we're all structured and stuff. And often it has this, this lovely kind of authority and charm to it, but it is a voice. And what I had to learn is that guidance comes through every fiber of my being. It comes through sensations. Mm. It comes through vision and imagery. It comes through how I experience something. And the biggest way it comes, and maybe you've experienced this with your dialogues with your inner teachers, is it's not so much about what they tell me. You know, it's not like they say this, how true is it? But it's Mm. that when they teach me in some way, they're shifting my perspective so that I can see things differently, so that I live life a little differently. So, you know, I, I make yeah. choices differently. I work with my body or other people in a new way. And I think that's hmm. the gift of inner guidance is that we have access. You know, I think we're a lot more like bees and dolphins and <laughs> other creatures, birds. You know, why don't birds run into each other in the sky? Because they're all communicating And they have these pathways of communication that are really awake and open for them. And I think we have pathways of communication within ourselves and between ourselves that we haven't begun to explore. Well, we've begun, but we haven't gotten very far in exploring and getting to know. And so that's part of the journey of this book is helping people awaken to this equipment that's built into every fiber of our being and and the joy of starting to use it. And I think too much too often in our culture, we think about change as work. I've got to fix something. I'm broken. I have to fix it. Um, this yeah. isn't working. I need to dissect it and take it apart and rebuild it. We're very outside in in our culture, and everything is about the inputs. I've got to have better nutrition. I have to have this program that someone gave me that has seven steps to it, and I have to follow it with discipline. Otherwise, I can never be okay. Yeah, and I really believe that we already know how to do this from when we were kids. I mean, kids come in knowing how to play and they will play with everything. So do kittens. So do puppies. I mean, Hmm. that's sort of built into the equipment. And if we can recapture that sense of interacting with our environment and playing and interacting with, ideas and perceptions and our senses in particular, because our psychic abilities are rooted in just our physical senses in this yeah, again, absolutely. In this instrument. Yeah. If we can just recapture that sense of play, it's not work at all. It's It's having more fun all day long, minute by minute by minute. And I try <laughs> to, you know, everything I teach, even though I have things that are called exercises or protocols. They're not things you have to learn and do rigidly. They're just guidelines for, well, here's a fun game. Try this and see what happens when you play with it this way or that way.
1: I love that. There's there's a real difference between sort of like the allopathic Western medicine, like there's something broken we have to fix, and this like we're all incredibly wise beings and we just have to tap into what we already know. We're already whole and moving more and more into wholeness that um, as we go you know I love that Um, it's really refreshing in a in a world where we're like you know we need a coach or a fix or something from the outside so you talk a lot about this concept of inside out instead of outside in can you can you tell us a little bit more about what that means for you
2: yeah, I really feel that we're at a time that's, that's a sea change for us, and I'm not the only one saying this. I mean, all the all the woo-woos out there are saying something similar, and for me, it is really a shift from our orientation of outer authority, coming everything coming from outside. If I want to know something, I Google it to see what someone else out there has said. I'm very influenced by the group think. If a whole bunch of people agree. That influences Mm. me before I know necessarily what my inner truth is or my own experience can teach me. And it's not an either or prospect. It's that we're seriously out of balance. We're so Mm. objectified and untethered from our inner knowing and from our own spirits, the guidance of our own spirit, that we are at the mercy of people who can power over our judgment and say, this is truth. This is truth. This is this is right. And right now we're just seeing you know, lots of craziness about people in, in whole groups agreeing to propositions that if they'd stop for a minute and say, but how true is that for my inner experience? Do I really want to be nasty as my mode of operating in this life? Do I really want to put other people down? Do I want to other everybody? Do I really want to be in these um, either or configurations that mm-hmm. the outside world is exaggerating right now. And so the change to shifting to inside out is activating the equipment that we've been socialized not to use. Right. Activate the wisdom, but also activate our willingness to be a fool and to experiment and try things on for size and make mistakes. Because mm-hmm. if you think about our school system, you know you don't want to make mistakes you know it goes down as a bad grade and it follows you forever and it means you can't have the future you want et cetera et cetera and we're kind of schooled to to always perform right and you know when you're always performing you're not always experiencing Hmm. so for example outside in thinking You look at my value comes from what other people see, how they how impressed they are, what's on my resume, um, how much I can convince them I'm really wonderful and amazing, and and it's this kind of performance mentality. From an inside out perspective, it's the journey. It's how do I experience my experience? It's worthwhile not because someone else says, "Oh my God, that's so cool what you did." It's I had really. I really enjoyed doing it. I was gratified by it. I was, I lived it. And, you know, when we die, we don't take our resumes with us. We don't take our money or our house or any of these outer forms with us. What we take is the enrichment, I believe, the enrichment of our soul that is deepened through lived experience. So when you even make that shift to say, I'm not doing it for others out there, except for this collective that i am part of i'm doing it from an inner sense of shared humanity i'm doing it from an inner sense of rightness for this instrument okay and one thing i just want to throw in here because it's so related is that our culture this outside in culture is very generic you know a medicine's only good if it can be proved to be good for a majority of the people even though that one person who it helps, it's 100% helpful for them, right? But we have this notion that it has to be generically true. It has to be true for everyone. And so we lose that sense of understanding that we're each different. We're each unique. And my instrument isn't like your instrument. And my soul has a different flavor from your soul. I mean, I talk in the book about spirit feeds, both books, I think, about how we have different kinds of spirit coming in. And it's not generic. It isn't mm-hmm. like spirit is just this substance and you have a lot and I have a little. It's right. it's every color of the rainbow. It's every flavor in, in Baskin-Robbins and more. I mean, it's <laughs> it's all the ways energy can express itself And it's different from person to person. So I need to develop an instrument that can play the music of my soul. And I need to develop my mind as the player of that instrument. I can, you know, as the, as the musician that can play this particular instrument. So I have a different task than you do. I mean, you need to figure out what your instrument is capable of and what the music of your soul is asking of you and what you as a musician want to accomplish In expressing that and bringing it together. So we have similar tasks, but the contents are so different. And if we live in a society that doesn't recognize difference, except as a token of, well, there's diversity. No, we're really different. Even within the same groupings, we're really different. And when we can start to celebrate that energy comes in different flavors and different um, hues and different You know all different uh, vibrations and expressions. Then what happens is we start to really relax and enjoy the complementarity of all the instruments in the orchestra. You know we say, well, how can we play together, and choose some common goals, but how can we each bring our own contributions?
1: Hmm. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful analogy. I really like it, and I I feel like you're you have kind of in this new book two ways of looking at that like we have to look into the inner first and a lot of us are are not really used to that or we need some healing on the inner plane we need to get reacquainted with who we are in the inner and once we really know who we are in the inner we bring that into the outer world Right. and you know and I thought it was so interesting how you talk about in your book how energy medicine in the inner work we do is has an impact on a global level because we don't often think that I, from, for my own self, I'm like, wow, I think the the thing that I can do the most for humanity is clear up my own state of consciousness,
2: right? you know, and be
1: like the most healed and conscious I can be. That's going to have an impact on the world in a, in a big way. And I love it how you, you have that as kind of a reciprocal model there.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I mean, if you think of an orchestra, if you have somebody in that orchestra who is a stellar musician, it raises the level of everybody because it's inspiring and it's it's role modeling and you can kind of hook your star to it and say, let's do that. And I mean, we've done that before with inspiring people out there. You know, Gandhi or someone can really inspire us to walk in the world differently. And And so there is definitely influence. But what we're seeing now is all these quote influencers who haven't necessarily done their inner work, who aren't inspiring us from within, but are just shouting louder or having, you know, um, having that kind of momentary um, bright, shiny thing that catches our attention and doesn't raise us to our best selves. Mm. And so um, in the book, I really want to look at how can we use energy medicine tools to evolve this instrument, to play that music of your soul as best you can, but also how do you work with attaching or connecting with those others that can really inspire you, not because they have influence over lots of people, but because they awaken your truth. And they awaken your truth in ways that are loving and positive and support your humanity. And, you know, I want to add that writer because there's a lot of people defining truth. And and when you look at the end result of it, it's violence. Right. You know,
1: it's a hard truth.
2: You know, I often think some of the great religious leaders of history would you know, if not roll over in their graves wake, if they came back and saw what had been done with their teachings and the mm-hmm. wars that were fought in their name, they would be horrified Yes, because it's not the essence of, of their teachings. So how do we teach ourselves? How do we learn this inbuilt ability? And it's very much like English. Like we all are born with the capacities to speak a language, right? But mm-hmm. we don't come out of the womb babbling in English or French or Chinese we have to learn it through interaction with the world and so it is a delicate dance of we have this inbuilt capacity to express our soul and the music of the soul but we have to learn the language of energy in order to do it skillfully and we can teach each other beautiful
1: i want to hear more about the the specific tools you have to do that but let's take a real quick break first
0: Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive.
1: So we are here with Ellen Meredith talking about her sensational form of energy medicine and her book, Your Body Will Show You the Way. So Ellen, let's talk about some of these tools. Your book is chock full with like practices, exercises, things like that. So if we wanted to start this sort of tuning into our instrument. What are some what are some ways we can do that?
2: Well, that's a great question. And it is true. It's chock full of of activities and exercises and explorations. But my teachers always taught me, my inner teachers, that if you don't know what to do, like if you're lost or confused or overwhelmed, the first place to start is just connect. Just connect. Because just like you can't drive your car if it's in neutral, if it's not in gear, we can't do anything if we aren't connecting in body, mind, and spirit. So I teach an exercise in the book. Can I teach it now?
1: Yeah, let's
2: okay. hear it. It's, it's pretty easy to do. You can do it sitting down. It's co- I call it Just Connect. And it uses different energy doorways in the body. Throughout our body, there's different accesses to these different flavors of energy. Because as I say, energy, I said it that, you know, our souls aren't neutral. Also, when we say this body is made of energy, you know, scientists say it's made of energy. They want to reduce it to this, this thing, this proton, neutron, you know, electron thing that isn't, is kind of neutral, that doesn't have consciousness. But our subtle energies that we're made of, they have consciousness, they have intelligence. And so when we're interacting with our own energies... We're interacting with our own consciousness, our own mind. And all over the body, there are doorways or entries into different flavors of consciousness, different aspects of this amazing matrix of awareness that we're made of. So we're going to just start with some, and some of you will have heard of of some of these doorways because they're called chakras, but you're going to rub your hands together just to activate the communication a little better. And you're going to put one hand on your second chakra. I'm going to stand up and show it here, like right here. It's between your belly button and your pubic bone, okay? Right below your belly button, you're going to put one hand flat. And you're going to put your second hand flat over your stomach or solar plexus. And you're just going to hold those two places together. And breathe. And just feel what happens for you in your body and your being when you just connect those two centers up. That, that lower one is called your second chakra. It's often a center for your authentic self. And the third chakra that you've got your upper hand on is often a center for the creation of your identity and how you cope in the world. So what happens when you connect in with those and connect them with each other?
1: Mm, That felt great.
2: And then you're going to move your lower hand up to your heart and connect up your your third chakra, your stomach, with your fourth chakra, which is your heart. And I'll go a little quicker because we've got a limited time today, but you can do this more slowly on your own. Just feel into what that connection is doing for you. And then you're going to take your lower hand and put it on your forehead. So you've got your heart connecting up with your forehead, which is another chakra, sixth chakra. And of course, connecting your head and your heart. And then you're going to take the hand that's on your heart. You're going to leave one hand on your forehead and take the hand on your heart and put it back in the first position at the second chakra right below your belly button so that your vision and your authentic self get aligned and hooked up, connected. You're just connecting different aspects of your being. And as we do this, that's the exercise, very simple. I've got ones that are a little more complex, but that's easy to start with. What you're doing is not just connecting. You're participating in a conversation between your body, mind, and spirit. You're speaking (laughs) energy, energy. And the vocabulary you're using is touch and intention and awareness showing up and um, possibly visualization. When I told you what those were about, maybe you brought in your, your imagination and your visualization. So you're participating in a conversation. And the more we show up to participate in the conversations that we have between body, mind, and spirit all day, every day, the more capable we become of actually having choice in what happens with our body, mind and spirit.
1: I love how you talk about, first of all, that felt great. Totally needed it. (laughs) Wow. Um, I don't even like notice I need those things until I do them. And then I'm like, Oh, I feel so much better now, you know?
2: Right. And it's so simple. It's not some elaborate thing that you have to remember. It's just showing up with your hands to have some conversation.
1: Yeah. And, and that connection, that connection is sort of the, um, the way you talk about it in your book is always the precursor to change, you know, like we have to connect and then we can change.
2: Right. If we're not connected, we can't change. Just like Mm. if my car is out of gear, I can't control how fast or slow I go. Right. Mm -hmm. I have to be in gear in order to move forward. So How many of us have been trained by our families, by our society, by our schools to disconnect regularly from our own sensations, our own instrument, from our own knowing, from our own experience, from our own emotions? I mean, we, we walk around and it's more comfortable to disconnect or we use substances. You know, I'm tired, so I drink coffee, which disconnects me from the message that I'm tired. Right. Right? And we keep going. Then I have to have
1: a glass of wine at night because I'm all jacked up from the coffee that I had.
2: Right, right. So, you know, we do that kind of Alice in Wonderland, you know, thing where we get bigger (laughs) and smaller and bigger and smaller using substances to alter what essentially is a message from our body that it's not feeling the connection and that it needs needs to be seen, heard, and um, participate and from our mind and our emotions and from our spirit. I mean, the communications that come to us in our bodies aren't always just from the body, just not, not just from the creature self. Sometimes they're a message from wiser self or yeah. the mind.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or from your, from your team, from your council. you know, like we're, right. <clears throat> we're getting in there. And when I, when I was young, I was, I mean, I started my life as a psychic and I was pretty out of my body until I was, I went, I went to, I went to UMass and I studied um, martial arts. That was my thing. So, you know, and it was only in like becoming a martial artist that I really learned how to be in my body. Yeah. And it was a really great counterpoint to all the psychic work that I was doing and all the emotional work I was doing. And I, I feel like, gosh, you know, we miss so much. If we're not, we miss so much vital information about, everything if we're not right. really connected into our bodies all the time.
2: Right. And psychic work is amazing and alluring and it's great entertainment. And it's so interesting. I had a um, Vipassana a mindfulness teacher years and years ago who used to, she got very psychic and she said it was a big distraction, big distraction, you know, cause <laughs> she was all about it attention is. in the body. And I don't think it's just that, but I think you become more psychic and more aware when you use the whole instrument and not just the receptors in your, in your brain or in your head. And I think a lot of our Western um, spiritualities is out there. We go out through our head, through our third eye, through our awareness, and we ignore all the other centers of knowing that are here Mm -hmm. for us. And, and it can become very distorted very quickly.
1: Yeah. We can really overbalance ourselves and like come out of balance that way.
2: Right. Yeah. And it leads to illness because illness mm-hmm. is a shout from the body that, you know, the communication isn't happening. The co- connection isn't working. The, the flow is off. The, we're not grounded. We're, we're being threatened from within or without. I mean, illness comes from the body communicating. And if we just keep killing, you know, shooting the messenger to to shut the symptoms up or just Mm -hmm. treat the symptoms, we're missing the communication within that, that gives us the key to wholeness to how I can change and move towards um, greater awareness, greater well-being, greater, more fun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm really a big one on saying life should be as fun as possible. And if it's not, why are we choosing the unfun stuff over and over? I mean, sure, unfun stuff comes at us for sure. Mm. But can we, within that, find what engages our soul or our spirit to work with it rather than, you know, say, well, after I clear all of my trauma, then I can celebrate life.
1: Then I'll have some fun.
2: Yeah. Mm. Then I'll have some fun. And I think, (laughs) well, no clearing trauma should be entertaining. It should be A celebration of I'm doing you know it's like cleaning your room it can be this thing that your mom's making you do that's really a downer or it can be a process to revisit all your stuff and rearrange it and figure out new uh, arrangements of your environment and then Mm -hmm. it becomes an enjoyable activity
1: and a creative expression of who you are you know like I love your attitude I think I think it's we work hard, especially in the sort of the healer, new age community. We're like, I'm going to heal, you know? So right,
2: right. Yeah, your idea that it could be
1: fun, that's beautiful.
2: Right. If you're working too hard, you're probably not playing the right games. You know, mm-hmm. if you're working too hard, I mean, stuff is hard. I've been through a lot of trauma in this life. I didn't come to this attitude just like, oh, I'm a Pollyanna and I lived a perfect life. You know, there were some really hard situations that I had to, um, to work with and to deal with, but I believe that what we need to do is have choice in in how we create a self that can celebrate, that can live, that can um, enjoy what's enjoyable. And and you know, if you've got chronic pain, you can't enjoy very much. And so the answer to that is, well, what's that pain? What's the communication of that body? What's happening in that set of systems? that isn't allowing you to thrive. And if we don't get the message with a a little wisp of of, of a hint, it'll shout louder and louder, right? The body shouts louder and louder. So those of, you know, 60% of, I I don't know if it's, I think it's Americans. I'm not sure if it's a larger um, sample in the world. 60% of Americans have a chronic illness.
0: Hmm.
2: Well, that means at least 60% of Americans haven't learned how to connect in, and listen and participate in dialogue with their own being. And it's probably more like
1: 99%. Yeah. I think you're probably right. So Ellen, your stuff's so amazing. How can people find you, find your work, find your book? Okay.
2: Well, um, you can go to my website, ellenmeredith.com, and that's spelled M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H.com. And I've got links to all kinds of stuff, including lots of free stuff, I have a, a YouTube channel, um, Energy Medicine with Ellen Meredith, and um, my books are available in any bookstore. So you can Google me on, on um, Amazon or any of the bookstores and find my work there. The latest one is called Your Body Will Show You the Way. And the subtitle is Energy Medicine for Personal and Global Change. So it mm-hmm. is about how we evolve our instruments to handle this crazy time we're in and not yeah. just handle it, but to thrive. To really thrive within this crazy time we're in. So I hope some of you check it out. And I hope it's, I hope it's at least entertaining. And even more, I hope it's of service and helpful to you in finding your own path and your own knowing and your own wisdom and your own truth.
1: Thank you so much for sharing your beautiful wisdom with us today. Ellen, Meredith, and everybody run right out and check out her book. I know I'm going to get it and read it cover to cover.
2: Thank you, Lisa.
1: Thank you. And thanks all of you guys for joining us today. You can, if you want to find me, you can find me at my website, LisaCambian.com. Come and stop by and visit me. I work a lot with psychics, healers, and empaths to help them fully step into their gifts because I think the world needs all the healers it can get. And I know that has been Ellen's mission in her life too. She's trained so many healers in the, her beautiful um, energy medicine techniques. So thank you for being with us today here on the miracle of healing where we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on mind body spirit fm